With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recording on and... Welcome to Balanced Life with Debbie Carlin Boyle. Conversations connecting to a healthier you. The show that gives you all the latest and greatest health and wellness information to inspire you to live a life of balance and joy. Debbie Carlin Boyle is a health and nutrition coach, personal trainer, and fitness instructor who helps her clients live in balance with everything that feeds us in addition to the food on our plate. Please welcome your host, Debbie Carlin Boyle. Hello, hello, welcome everybody. Welcome this Tuesday afternoon. You have reached my podcast, which is Balanced Life with Debbie Carlin Boyle. That's me, and I'm Conversations That Connect to a Healthier You. I got a great conversation for you today. I know it's going to be dynamic. So I did advertise for a different guest who had an emergency and had to cancel this morning. So I'm so lucky to have the guest that I have. And in a moment, I'm going to introduce her and what the show is about. But before I do, I want to tell you a little bit about me and what I do. I am a personal trainer, a fitness instructor. I am a health and nutrition coach, and I just help people come full circle with their life and finding the balance that they need between their food, their relationships, their environment, their exercise, their joy, all those things that need to come together for longevity with quality. Because as I've said many times before, that's what it's all about, right? We want to live a long, healthy life. And in order to do that, there's a lot of things that interconnect. So I have the opportunity for you to work with me if you like. I do group sessions. I do one-on-one. I do free one-hour sessions. So you can reach me by going to my website, which is balancedlifebydebbie.com. And right there, well, right now, there's a free giveaway for summer it's a three-day detox that you can download with recipes and each day has a great health and wellness tip attached to it and the recipes it's a pdf so you can keep it and use those recipes over and over again you do those recipes those breakfast lunch and dinner recipes for three days and they're easy simple fast i'm telling you you're going to be lighter on your feet and you're going to feel more clarity and less inflammation, less bloat, and just more apt to do the things that you love to do instead of feeling kind of dragging and lethargic, which we all know food can do for us. So go ahead and download that at the very least. And uh, also work with me if you can. And welcome. I'm glad that you're here for my podcast today. And I'm an interactive show because I'm live. So if you are live with us and you want to become part of this conversation, uh, perhaps you have a question or you want to make a comment, here's how you do it. If you have a question, you're going to call 323-524-2599. Again, that's 323-524-2599. If you want to make a comment or ask a question, but not do it live on the air, you can do that where I'm streaming live right now on my Balanced Life by Debbie Facebook page. And if you go there, you can make a comment, ask a question. I have that page up right now. And when I see a comment or question, if I can, we'll introduce it live. If I can't, we'll get back to you after the show. Also, my shows live on my YouTube channel, so if you just go to Balanced Life by Debbie YouTube and subscribe right there, you're going to see all kinds of shows. There's so much content in the health and wellness world that any question that you have is there in an answer on a show with a guest. And uh, just subscribe, like I said, when you go there. And eventually this show will be there too. And I get comments sometimes a year or two after a show runs. So we always get back to you no matter when you ask the question. So 
Don't be shy. All right, are you ready? I'm going to introduce my guest right now. So, Melanie Gillespie is the revolutionary guide needed in today's world. She specializes in working with highly gifted humans, mentoring groups of women and one-on-one -on, -one on the individuals or couples to optimize their entire well-being. She uses biology, neuroscience, and integration with soul and sense of self. Melanie ensures the most highly gifted people on the planet fully evolve into what they truly came here to be. There's a question to ask. She combines human science with refined esoteric mysticism to help those with gifted brains move plat past plateaus and limits to create a life that authentically expresses their highest calling to the planet. Melanie has an MBA, has served as CEO of other people's companies three times, managed eight-figure capital investment funds, done executive coaching and strategic organizational consulting, all during a successful 25-year career leading organizations with eight-figure budgets. She's deeply immersed in neuroscience, epigenetics, hope, and goal attainment research, just to name a few. Like most highly gifted humans, Melanie has many projects going on at any one time. And currently, she is readying for publication for her first fantasy series for young people of all ages, a screen treatment for the same, and a memoir, Evo Leap, a cosmetic memoir. She also hosts her own podcast, Luminosity, Transmissions from the Lake, Please, will you welcome Melody Gillespie to my show? We have an audience. We have an audience. Hi, Melanie. Good afternoon. Hi, Debbie. How are you today? I'm wonderful. Thank you. How are you? So good I'm, to be here with you. Oh, thank you. I'm wonderful, too. And again, I want to publicly thank you for hopping in last second and being available to do the show. Really excited to host you and feel privileged to have you here today. So thank you very much. Thank you. I'm really, I'm excited to be here and I'm here at the lake. Uh, you can see the lake that's, uh, I talk about in my, in my podcast in the background. It's, we might hear little birds chirping here and there, but otherwise, which should be lovely, hopefully for everyone. Yeah, we have a bird. I can, yeah, I can hear okay, it. I can hear it. Okay, good. Yeah, there's always, there's always some around. I'm like right here in the middle of nature, basically. And, uh, love it. Which is, which is where I love to be. So I'm excited to communicate and talk and share and answer questions that, that may come up from folks as we go along. Okay, great. I'm so excited to uh, get going and hear a little bit. I mean, that was quite the intro on what you're about. And so I'm going to take you way back and talk about, I want to know where you were born and what brought you sort of, we're going to take it step by step to how you got to where you are today. If you don't mind, tell us a little bit about you. Wow. Okay. I'm going to give you the flyover version on that because um, actually you mentioned uh, from, from my intro, the, uh, the memoir that I'm working on is called Evo Leap, a cosmic memoir and, uh, and gets into the details on all of that. But um, let's see, I'm 54. Uh, sometimes people would like to know kind of where we are in our trajectory and our human journey. I love your, your mission around helping people age uh, youthfully. And I actually am uh, engaged in aging backwards. <laughs> Good. So that can be very fun. I love that you're, I love everything that you're bringing to people around that. It's so, so, so important. Um, I grew up in the Northeast of the U.S. and uh, currently live in the Northwest of the U.S. So I've kind of moved all the way from one side of the country, one top corner of the country to the other over over the years. Um, and I think that kind of the organizing principle of pretty much most of my entire life as it relates to how I've engaged with the rest of the world uh, has really been around how do we shift our paradigm from me to we. And I think that many people can relate to this and Absolutely. that there are many people and increasingly more and more people who are really interested in doing uh, doing things in the world, creating things in the world that contribute to that. And of course, that can be done through, you know, direct services, direct work with people, but also it's through how are we creating art? How are we bringing beauty into the world? How are we shifting the systems that kind of govern what's going on with folks, et cetera? So all of that. Um, 
I was, uh, I'm a gifted person and people often ask me, what does giftedness mean? Yes. And it's not my word when I use that. I'm using a word that's kind of a common uh, sort of term uh, in the field uh, of uh, sort of psychology and whatnot and education that studies uh, the neuroatypical, the different kind of brain that uh, a gifted person has. And so there are a lot of different definitions. I'm not dogmatic about it at all, uh, but kind of the loose rough definition that is most useful for people is to think about uh, the gifted brain is being kind of in the top 2% of intellectual or creative intrinsic potential. So this is something that someone's born with um, in the same way that people might be born with other uh, atypicalities like ADHD or um, uh, autism or, you know, a million different things. Right. And uh, so it's not about, oh, how do I kind of learn to become that? So and did you, were you, how did you know you were gifted yeah. so, and who pointed so that kid, out at what you know, point? At, as a kid, I think my parents knew that when I was young, um, I skipped uh, skipped grades uh, a little bit, and which was a mess. By the way, I don't recommend that. Yeah, because <laughs> it takes you days. out of your age group Socially, and away from your be, friends. It be, yeah, mm -hmm. it can be very tricky. Yeah, but I'll, but I'll be very honest. I didn't really think about my own giftedness until I became a mother. And when I became a mother, uh, my daughter's now twenty two. Uh, just to give you a sense of time scale, I was able to, I became aware when she was fairly young, I was like, oh, I think we're, you know, dealing with that with her as well. And I had already in my own career, um, you know, was very steeped in various different kinds of human development, childhood development. And I, I understood a lot of these different pieces in a way that most folks aren't, aren't taught or well-versed in. And so uh, it wasn't a crazy idea for me to have a sense. Uh, and of course a mom knows, right? Of course. Uh, and so in, in her case, I became very interested in the way that we do with our children and how do I come in a little closer and understand this and make sure that I'm meeting her needs as well as possible uh, in various ways. And so I actually brought her to a psychologist who specializes in testing and kind of thinking about what are the right educational environments. But overall, that was really when I had to come face to face with this idea of, well, she's gifted. She gets that from you. Her dad is also gifted in different ways and sort of okay, what does that mean for me to accept the identity of being gifted? And there often when I work with, I do private work with gifted, with gifted folks and I have some really fun small groups for gifted women as well. In my private work, I work with men and couples as well. Often there's this kind of, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't say that I'm gifted. Like that's a bragging thing. Yeah. Like, really? Why, why is that a bragging thing? That's so interesting. And I understand that from my own experience. I was of gonna sort say, of like, Oh, well, does that make me up. special in some way? It's actually really hard. It's a really challenging thing uh, for virtually everyone who is gifted to kind of deal with their giftedness because you're really dealing with only sort of 2% of the population and society isn't organized for this. Society isn't organized around it. Um, it's not designed for it, doesn't understand it, isn't interested in understanding it. It's certainly very interested in being able to kind of you know benefit from it where possible, but it's a little bit like the, the, the metaphor that I use often, Debbie, is the idea of like having a third leg Oh. But having a third leg, but you have to ride a bicycle to get everywhere. So what do you do with that third leg? Right. It's, it can be really a mess. Right. It really can. And yeah. people, because they don't understand it, you now have a title on you that they may shun, you know, that they may think oh, yeah. that you're, oh, she thinks she's better than me or, you yeah. know, or yeah. right. that for that, for, because they don't understand it, that yeah. you, you're born with it that they think that they're not good enough or it's not achievable, for, you know, they yeah. want it to be achievable for them, but they think you're snobby because you have, you know, I just know from growing, I'm 10 years older than you, and I know from uh, growing up, you know, we didn't know a lot, and there was so much taboo about so many things, so many things, but, you know, there were gifted programs growing up in school, and it was always those kids had a stigma around them yes. that us who were sort of, you know, going down the yeah. middle path didn't. I mean, we may have had honor classes and things like that, but we weren't like gifted. And so we were, tr we didn't really know the definition. So we used that as a crown over the head of the gifted and made it, made them put them up on a pedestal that made them look mm -hmm. snobby to us or something elite yeah. that we couldn't achieve. 
And so that that's bad for for you, you know, is what I'm saying yeah. is because yeah. we didn't understand like you were just alluding to. We, right. well, I we think a lot relate. of people go through that experience and, uh, and go through the experience of being bullied in various different ways um, around that. And bullying is certainly a, you know, a huge trauma for people to experience. I, I do think in general, it is part of human nature to uh, when there's a sense of otherness about mm-hmm. someone, whatever that is, to go into to 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 kind of go into some sort of judgment, whether that judgment is coming from a sense of one up or one down, if you will, yeah. uh, uh, can vary depending on the degree of kind of personal insecurity someone's feeling or sort of judgment or, or whatnot. Um, and it really doesn't matter what that kind of othering is. But the reality is that there actually aren't very many people in society. And so this is why I often will talk about what can giftedness teach other people, the experience of the gifted and be relevant to kind of the, the broader societal challenges that we're all working with in various different ways at this time. And the, the, the difficulty that gifted people tend to have fitting in uh, school systems not working for them, jobs and employment places not working for them, um, having all sorts of different experiences with that, relationship issues, all sorts of different things that can go wrong because they don't understand how to work with their own giftedness and then how to sort of show up in ways that is going to have flow and fun and joy in their relationships in the world to- and not create that friction. It's, you know, the, it, it, the, the reality is that most of society and these systems that I'm talking about not working for gifted people actually don't work for anybody. <laughs> well, that's true. So, yeah. So it's so, really kind of an but opportunity. Did you, to kind of put a, put did you have that. that feeling growing up that you didn't fit in, that it was, yeah. is that why yeah. there were so many job moving, like finding, because you obviously were good at many, many things. So how do you find yeah. what your thing is yeah. your place well, you know it's such it's such a good question debbie um you know it's really common for gifted people to have many different aspects of their career whether it's sort of moving up rapidly as i did for many years through my kind of my my prior career ladder i started my own business five years ago i'm actually coming up on the five-year anniversary of off the map oh, which is really great. fun that's the name of my business yes i'm celebrating that this month but um but yeah so people you know sometimes there's a kind of like moving up that happens quite a bit. We get bored very quickly. Mm. Um, it, it, there's there's very strong research for all humans that our engagement with our sort of joyful engagement with our work is dependent on three key factors. One is auto- a sense of autonomy, a little bit of a sense of kind of being in charge of your own time a mm. little bit or how that's being allocated. Sense. The other is, is the opportunity to um, be engaged in something that feels meaningful. Uh, and then the third one, which is what really relates to what we're talking about right here, is the opportunity for mastery, the opportunity to kind of get good at something, to learn something new beyond kind of some kind of a learning curve. And then once we're kind of good at that and we have that mastery, we want to move on to something else. And the pace at which we may want that kind of how steep do we want that learning curve to be and the pace at which we want to move up it varies from human to human but all humans really benefit from that experience of being able to kind of learn something master it and then move on to the next piece so for gifted people often that's going to happen much more quickly and then we're going to get bored and boredom is a real problem we see with children who are gifted even if they have access to gifted programs um that there's much higher high school dropout rates Mm. um and other issues behavioral issues that come up and primarily because they're bored and i would submit that many children whether they're gifted or not are are bored in school and not given kind of because schools aren't really designed for humans anymore they haven't been for some time Mm -hmm. uh but even in gifted programs this can happen as well because they often also don't really understand i think really what's fully needed for humans to flourish do, do and to you, thrive. Do you see, do they ever t- try to harm themselves or sabotage themselves Absolutely, with alcohol, yes. drugs, that kind yes. of thing? Absolutely. They do. Okay. Very common. Yeah. Very it, common to see that. Mm-hmm. Do you think gifted people fall through the cracks in terms of not being, di- yes. not having, being diagnosed or being properly um, recognized as gifted? And that happens. So, so. Yeah. I, I, it, Absolutely, that can be the case. Okay. I mean, when people don't get, when people aren't in, in any kind of people, if, if it's not understood what's going on for them, mm-hmm. and then things aren't being given the support for them in the way that's appropriate to who they are naturally, intrinsically, mm-hmm. then things get really messy. It's kind of like in The Wizard of Oz when the Tin Man 
doesn't have his oiling can and he kind of, eh, 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 you know, yeah. he can't really move. Yeah. It's like Good that analogy. For, all, for any of us, yeah. right? Yeah, and, exactly. And gifted people are no different. Gifted people are no different in that, in that regard. Um, it's just, you know, their brains are different. <laughs> so did um, you, uh, so going back to you in your early days, did you mm-hmm. ever feel like, um, did you ever feel less than, or did you ever feel like oh, yeah. you didn't fit in? You did. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. With this personality, I'm shocked (laughs) that you weren't like student body president of every school that you went to and just, you know, in the popularity realm, it seems like you would have done great. You you want a funny story from my childhood on that? So you're very kind to say that. And I appreciate that. And in my, in my kind of adult professional career, kind of being gregarious and outgoing has always served me well, but, um, but as a kid, no. (laughs) <laughs> um, and, and actually as gregarious and outgoing as I am, I'm actually very much an introvert, which is, uh, which is something that, you know, people are starting to understand a little bit more thanks to the wonderful work of Susan Kane. Um, but, uh, so when I was in seventh grade, I had skipped sixth grade. So I'd gone right from fifth to seventh grade and where I was in school, uh, at the time, kind of in the age and the times that we were in, that was apparently sixth grade was sort of the year that all the girls learned all these girl things right? And yeah. I didn't learn any of those things. I was what we used to call a tomboy. Um, I also was a bookworm mm-hmm. and uh, very athletic and uh, and very much into my books and just kind of landed in this very alien environment of seventh grade that was just like, I don't know what's happening. And it was very mysterious. The school that I was in was a small private school from seventh through 12th grade. And my younger brother actually went there uh, several years later. Um, and he had a wonderful experience. I had a terrible experience. And he had a wonderful experience, but they, he's still close friends, even, you know, he, he, even though it's you know, decades later with people from that school and they still, when they get together for reunions, they still comment on the class that I was in my class, that seventh grade class had the most notorious mean girl click of the school's oh, history that anybody could no. remember. So I kind of, it's just sort of, you know, oh, Shoot. I run into this, right? <laughs> yeah. One of the common traits of gifted children, and I'll mention this because people who are listening may be like, hmm, I wonder if that's true for my kid, is a very kind of like heightened sense of justice and fairness, like really intensely so. Oh, and they get very upset okay. around like justice or fairness or kind of rules being broken or things not being okay uh, or equitable in some way, right? Um, and so that's a very, very common trait. And so for me, landing in this situation, we had, you, you mentioned like, oh, you should have been school student body president. Oh, no, not not even close. In that seventh grade environment, the this little mean girl clique, there were four of them. One of the gals um, became the student, the, the class president, and they basically put themselves into all of the kind of class roles. And everybody would grumble about them and didn't like them, but would somehow still do whatever they told them to do, mm, right? Like in the right. mysterious world. Because they you know, wanted to there, fit in, yes. Right, well, and is there yeah. a creature on the planet that's capable of more cruelty than a 13-year-old girl? I don't know. But, <laughs> but in any event, so because everybody True. was so sort of like, behind the scenes about it, I thought, well, this is really unfair. In our history class, we were doing American history and we were learning about impeachment. You can see where this might be going. So I started a petition to have our student body, or sorry, our, our seventh grade class president uh, impeached because nobody wanted her to be the president. And it was sort of a mystery how that even occurred to the other, to my other classmates. And this was not good. This was not a good experience for anyone. And I had a really lovely teacher kind of take me aside and try to explain like this is not going to go well for you my friend (laughs) Mm -hmm. popularity uh, is going to win out over what's just you know it's a funny story yeah Yeah, no but that but that explained it that made sense of it what are the other traits of gifted people so uh, my listeners can kind of recognize perhaps friends family their children or themselves or themselves yeah very few people particularly in the adult population are actually accurately identified as gifted and and sort of like how would i do that right and it's i'm not saying like go out and take a test like nobody cares doesn't matter that's not relevant i don't ask that of people when i'm working with them i can just kind of have a sense of it but so very common to kind of have a very sort of heightened sense of kind of justice fairness processing quickly obviously can Mm -hmm. be very common also but in some cases like 
needing a lot of time to think about things can also be part of it. So it's not about, oh, I immediately just have the answer. That's kind of my style can be very kind of quick and that, 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 that. But also um, very common for, for example, uh, students who are gifted to have problems with test taking because the questions themselves don't make sense to them. And they'll be like, well, I could answer that question this way if, it, if you mean this by that or you mean this by it. And so often students who are gifted don't do well in school because they're asking questions they're that are not allowed, mm -hmm. if you will. Makes um, sense. And so it's not about, oh, everybody's getting A's and going to Harvard, right? Like that's not what it's about. Um, the other, not to, you know, make a commentary on Harvard at all, um, one way or the other. But the the other, some of the other traits would be, particularly for children, uh, kind of the characteristic of a highly sensitive person. And there's a kind of definitely a crossover there where there's just like noise can be too much suddenly or can get overwhelmed really easily. Kids mm -hmm. who have that uh, sensory challenge around like you know, the, 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 the kind of the classic is that the, 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 the seam of the toe uh, of the sock, excuse me, uh, you know, can bother the kid. And it's like, ah, I can't wear that. I can't wear that. Right. Or the seam on the shirt is bothering them. And it's right. like just this incredible heightened kind of sensitivity to the world is very common. Again, not required. Um, a, a kind of propensity to get bored quickly because the desire like it's kind of like voracious data input we want like what's the next new thing more of that more of that sometimes we see gifted people specialize and really hone in and really be like more what we might think of as a prodigy mm -hmm. where it's like oh math prodigy or like a music prodigy or something like that where they're really interested in one specific area but i would say that the vast majority of gifted people are actually more kind of multi-potentialized or they're interested in many different things right. and actually one of the challenges is the way our school systems are designed to start funneling people into specialization and what are you good at find the one thing you're good at and then do that forever right like that's kind of the model that we have in society these days for kids and for young adults as they're right. figuring out their careers and for, I don't think that's actually right for most people in general, but it's certainly not true for gifted people who are often good at many things and that figuring out their own rhythms is really important. Um, yeah. I, I often say to people that the kind of foundational organizing principle for gifted people to enjoy life is to figure out, I call this create, transmit. What are you creating and what are you transmitting? And you have to be in this mode of that you're experiencing the things that you want to create and they can be small things it doesn't have to be some big giant thing like creating movies and books and your know, companies i mean i certainly work with people in that in that realm but it can be like at home what are you creating like do you like to create flower arrangements regularly and then you're also painting and then you're also you know doing the stuff in the garden i mean it can be anything what are you like to create and then transmitting meaning how are you putting that out in the world and this rhythm of create transmit create transmit is in my work it's fundamental for people to figure out how to get this rhythms going and uh and 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 the rhythms within each of those things so Got one of the things i often see uh, last point is a propensity to have a million good ideas but not put them into play uh and to not actually follow through on them which with, is gifted people, with gifted yes, people with gifted you people you see that yes okay then yeah, i must sorry, be gifted <laughs> Yeah. I fall under it's that one. There's like two or three yeah. things you just said. No, but yeah, it's hard because. Well, tell me, tell me more about that. Well, like to, it's interesting. And you know what? Up. We're going to take a break, but I do want to talk to, and you can use me as an example. I want to talk to you about how you work with people and mm -hmm. why they come to you and how you work with them and how you are able to help them kind of hone in and use their giftedness to the advantage and to be able to get it out there. So, um, but, and, and what I was going to say before we took the, before we take the break really quick is I have to agree with you that societal, the way we're bringing our kids up now is yeah. that mantra of find your passion and run with it. And it's so single-minded. It's so tunneled vision that if you, I have a daughter who is multi-talented. She can sing, she can dance, she can act. She's a visual artist. She's a yoga teacher. She's a master mm -hmm. yoga teacher, teaches, teaches all over the world to do yoga. 
It's like, why does she have to hone in on one thing? Why can't she be all those things? I mean, all I know what things. she's, yeah. This is my I, mantra. I say this all the time. It's like all the things. Yeah. yeah I think that's things. important. And if you're working with people to help them do that, then wow, you're really giving them a huge gift. But I'm going to take a break really fast from one of my sponsors. We're going to come back and we're going to keep this conversation going right in that direction. So we'll be back right after this message. I'm very excited about a new partner that has a product that I literally use every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I realized very quickly that I could not possibly get the nutrients I needed simply through the foods I ate. As a health and fitness professional, when I started researching the necessary vitamins and supplements we need every day to strengthen our immune system and slow the aging process, I realized I'd be taking a ton of pills which I have never been on board with. So enter Athletic Greens. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. I take one scoop every morning on an empty stomach and cold water or freshly made almond milk, and sometimes I incorporate it into a smoothie. Either way, the taste is great, kind of like a tropical flavor that I actually look forward to drinking. Athletic Greens is made from the finest ingredients. It's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, Athletic Greens contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting good. And Athletic Greens cost you less than $3 a day. With over 7,000 five-star reviews and recommended by professional athletes, how can you go wrong? So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash emerging. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash E-M-E-R-G-I-N-G to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We're back. Hi. <laughs> Sorry, I was uh, reading all about you, Melanie. Uh, my guest today is Melody Gillespie, and we are just talking about giftedness in humans and uh, what that is. We're defining it, and we're talking um, about how... Melanie um, works with clients. How do you get clients? How do they find you? And what do you do when you work with them? You work with mostly women. Is that mostly what you're? Yeah, I have a couple of different, I have kind of three different sort of ways in which I provide supports to people in the world around their giftedness. And so one are um, some, you know, sort of easier to access digital materials that are available for folks and more of that's coming out later this month because it's time for some of these materials to spread more, right? But primarily when I'm working live with people, it's either gonna be through, I have just the most beautiful small group program that I've been running with two grads of that program now for several years. And it's called Brew for Gifted Women. And we have this group, it's called The Sanctuary and it's an incredible experience. And people, it's a little bit of choose your own adventure in terms of what model people want to come into for that. But it's typically gonna be a four month journey and be with us through with several different live calls that are occurring during the week and a curriculum that people are moving through that is really focused on these sort of robust pillars of supporting the brain, the nervous system, and the spirit, and that's small s spirit. Um, and it, it's just absolutely important. All three of these domains of nervous system, brain, and spirit must be worked with uh, in certain ways in order to kind of be strengthened and nourished and 
often people are coming in, they're very overwhelmed, they're very stuck. Even if they're super successful, they're still feeling like there's this upper limit that they've reached or this plateau that they can't break through um, or they can't quite figure out how to, you know, the, as we mentioned earlier about the, the morale issue around all the different projects that they want to bring in. They have a vision for themselves that they can't bring into life. And so they're working through materials through a curriculum that I've designed. It's really beautiful. Everyone loves it, has amazing experience. And then I also do, and that is only for women. Um, and then I also do one-on-one -on -one work, um, a very limited number of spots for, for that because part of what I teach, I, I practice and live and walk my talk of what I teach around figuring out your own rhythms and organizing your life design around those rhythms is a really key part of work that we do um, in the small group, in Groove, or uh, in the one-on-one, -on -one, depending on where someone's at. And uh, and so I work very closely with a handful of people at a time in one-on-one -on -one settings, and it's very custom, bespoke, uh, curated work for them, where depending on where they're at or what they need. Um, sometimes people like to, again, give the people sem sometimes have the experience of they process things very quickly, they accelerate very quickly, they expand very quickly. And so I do have a very intensive, beautiful, uh, what I call an evolutionary acceleration, uh, kind of retreat package that's a six week process called Unbound. And people can find out about that at, at my site, melaniegillespie.com. Um, but really it's always custom made. And I only work with people, invite people to work with me or come into the group when I'm confident, like 110% confident that it's exactly the right fit for them um, and for us, for my team, for the other people who are in the sanctuary, the sanctuary—it's a—it's a—it's a sacred task to curate that group properly. Um, and then in the one-on-one -on -one with me, this is somebody coming really close into kind of my energy, and I am with them and available to them on a daily basis during the time that we're working together. And uh, and so I'm really I'm really clear about the boundaries around that. And of course, boundaries is you know really an important part of what we teach as well uh, in the in the main programs. Right. So the best way, yeah. So that's I hope that answers the question. Yeah. In my private, I work also with men. I love working with gifted men. It's so much fun. They are very interesting and very um, you know very much of what's going on for them very neglected. And then couples as well. And the work with couples is not about repair in the relationship. It's about this is a, either a, a life couple or a business couple, either oh, way. Okay. Um, that is trying, like that is has a vision uh, that they're working on, that they're creating in various different ways, and um, and they're looking for that expansion to the kind of the next level. And some of that private work, well, I, I should say all of that private work also is speaking to kind of the more woo-woo side or the esoteric side as well of my work which you know is a, is a whole other area yeah it's of, a whole other I area in. i mean you can you can talk about it a little bit because you have a podcast yeah. around that area luminosity yeah, i do right? i do yeah what is the so podcast I, and what is yeah. talk about the other side of, of it you know, going I further. will, I will briefly, and we don't need to stay there because it can be a little too far out there for a lot of people <laughs> and that's fine. And I am very much uh, a very firm believer that kind of the age of gurus is dead and that whatever mental models I'm bringing forward to share with people about kind of the nature of reality and our experience, there are whatever's useful, take it, take what's useful and leave the rest of that judgment, both of my work and anyone else's that's out there. And we are increasingly aware at a time in human evolution where there is actually a huge acceleration going on for all humans, not, this is not specific just to giftedness. Um, although I do find for myself and my work that there is a kind of a subset of gifted humans who are kind of coming into leading the way around helping many through this evolutionary process. And so, um, why is that? I Why are we in a period of acceleration? What what mm -hmm. is this something cosmically that's going on, or what has brought yes, us? Yes, I okay. do feel that. I do. I do feel that. Um, I don't know if this might go too far afield to kind of to, to go it's okay. too far afield for your folks. Tony has but, a show. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Tony, absolutely. Tony, what's the name of your show? Tell. Truth be told. And it's yeah. it's a show all about anything and everything that's out there in the, you know, the oh, anything. Fun. I love it. It's the X-Files. Yeah. That's yeah. what I was just going to say. It's, it's what fantastic. it is. So nice, Tony. So we should talk. Yeah, uh, really you should. Yeah. I think you yeah. guys well, so have a mutual, um, <laughs> what's your, what's your friend's name? That Bonnie Burkard. She does truth be told transformation. 
Do you know Bonnie? Fantastic. Do you know that name? I don't. Okay. All right. No, I don't. Just but there's chance. so many. There's yeah. so many fun people doing really fun work that it's just there's so many. Um, so you know, I I am an esoteric mystic and uh, have kind of my own received, if you will, experiences and information about what's going on for the planet. And I have, for my entire life, since I was a child, had a particular relationship with the planet as a being. Mm -hmm. um, and that has really been the focus of much of my, uh, my work and the sort of the mystic side, if you will. And in my in my kind of public facing life, both as a young person uh, and as a professional uh, in my adult life, um, I always felt that this needed to be hidden. And, you know, I always joke around about there really isn't a lot of acceptance of the mystic in the boardroom. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so, you know, in my career, it's very working, concrete there, you know, very concrete with working with boards, working with CEOs, working with investors, for the most part, that was not an environment that felt like um, that there that the mystic was welcome, even though they were all benefiting from kind of the results that the mystic can bring, if mm -hmm. you will, right? That combination. But they of probably that. didn't and realize it, you know, that they no, were. of course they didn't yeah. realize it. No, mm -hmm. not at all. But it was when I came, when I decided, okay, no more working for others. My kind of hashtag CEO for others life was over and it was time to really do my own thing. And a lot of that waiting to do that, a lot of that had to do just in my own journey with raising my, my daughter. So I was a single mother unexpectedly when she, I became a single mother when she was 22 months old. And that just changes that for me, it changed my sense of what pressures was I willing to handle Mm -hmm. around income generation and the idea of having a salary was very felt very important um uh and so that was why i sort of stayed in those kinds of containers even though i knew that i would be happier in uh you know doing my own thing um in many different ways which isn't to detract from any of the things that i accomplished or the people that i worked with or the teams that i led and the work that was achieved yeah. i'm very proud of but always well, had you do what you have things, to do but... and you were capable of doing yeah. it and yeah, yeah. you do yeah. you had yeah. your daughter you had to think about other things we all we've well, all been there yeah yeah exactly i mean when you're responsible for an amazing precious little being like you know you're, yeah. you're how you make your choices is different yeah. So um, in any event, in any event, so that I want to go back to the all the things conversation yes. that we were having. You were talking about your daughter and okay. like she's got all these different things. Mm -hmm. And I suspect, Debbie, you are too. Uh, when I look, you know, when I look a little bit at your background and you've done a lot of really fun things as well. And I'm like, hmm, I think at a minimum, this is also someone who's kind of an all the things person. And I your am. interest in all of the different um, I mean, just to be in the field that you're in, right? I mean, sort of all of the sort of body stuff that is necessary to support the biology and and and, and you have to go against the grain, unfortunately, still, uh, no pun intended, um, <laughs> given how messed up society is around mm -hmm. what are we eating? What are we allowing yeah. into our bodies through our waters and our airways and, you know, all of this other stuff. It's such a mess. Um, the extractive economics that have dominated this planet for millennia Ha are killing us, and they are killing the planet in many ways too. Drives me but crazy that you know we're yeah. trying to get yeah. a ripple effect out there, and you're going yeah. against you know big yeah. corporations that are uh, doing yeah. sugary processed foods that are mm -hmm. literally killing people. We're taking yeah. our lives away. Yeah. We're giving money to big pharma because they're creating medicines and ailments. To yeah. drives me crazy and i've been feel no. like i've been in the fight since i've been 18 since i got out of my house yeah. i've been in yeah. the fight I, in my daughter's yeah. school in my kids schools yeah. i tried mm -hmm. to change get them on salad bars you know got to yeah. hold it health and safety and there are things that just and i and i got very active but what you what i find and maybe it's easier for gifted people but what i found was I had so many things going on all at once, trying to be a mother, trying to produce yeah. TV commercials. I worked at my daughter's mm -hmm. ballet studio. I have a degree yeah. in theater, so I wanted to, t so I taught yeah. acting. It was a performing arts studio, so I taught acting yeah. to adults and, and children. But I was on, holding all these committees and PTA president and trying to do all these things. And I felt like I couldn't give enough to any one thing because I was so spread out. 
And that's what I'm saying might be the difference between me and someone gifted who could give enough to all those things. I just needed to zero in. And when I got out of my marriage, health and wellness, I mean, I used to sit at what we call video village where you'd sit in front of video monitor and watch everything after, you know, it's being shot and you go back and decide how many more takes you need or what you're going to change. And I would sit there with the clients and I fed them um, health and wellness tips because they knew I had this side hustle of a lot of side Mm -hmm. hustles but mainly of exercise and so I became a personal trainer and a fitness instructor when I was still in my 30s and um, so for almost 30 years now I've been um, kind of not preaching that but you know helping people soon as they start talking about oh god I'm on this diet or you know I'm in there and trying to help them and I realized that's where I belong. If I've got, I got to stop spreading myself all over the place so thin. I got to go where I think I belong. Was the money as good? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. You know, yeah. and I'm still struggling because I'm not married anymore after a 34 year relationship. Mm-hmm. So I'm struggling to make a go of my work, my passion through my podcast, through helping people, through working all these outlets to get, spread the message that mm-hmm. it it's really dangerous out there and what these goods that you're being sold and you come to, you know, mostly with food and and things that we put on our bodies, on our environment, those things Mm -hmm. we really need to, you know, get the message Mm -hmm. out. So I felt a bigger pull towards that, but I always want to do 2 million things at once. And I have all these ideas for shows and things, and I'm doing treatments for this and trying to sell that and, it's very I classic. I mean, what you're describing is very classic for the, the kinds of women who come into the groove program, actually. And the idea that, oh, well, those gifted people, they could probably handle that, but I can't. That They all feel that. They all feel that. They're all like, something's wrong with me. Other people can figure this out. And it's part of this othering that has been going on oh. throughout your life in many different ways. And othering happens in many ways. I mean, it can happen around kind of the neurobiology piece. It can happen around, um, you know, our society is organized around uh, kind of the principle of men, if you will. And I'm not cr- knocking on men at all, but I'm just saying that the, the, the paradigm is set it. up in a way where women are you know, kind of on the fringe around that in various different ways. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then if you add anything in there around race or ethnicity or you add anything in there around not being heterosexual, you know like i mean all these different otherings occur and it's a very um it's 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 a problem so what we see in groove women who have all these ideas and sometimes they get spread too thin or and then they try to kind of hone in like you're describing and i think you've done a great job like figuring that out for yourself what often is kind of the keys right in there um is to sort of figure out learn some of the boundary stuff And then do some of the, what I call the kind of unplugging of the childhood energetics, the childhood Mm. directives. And I think it's really important for people to understand that the way, like, if I can just do like a one minute on this, if that's okay. Yeah, we're uh, three minutes out. We have to, we have a show right on our tail. So, um, yeah, but yes, do it. So the, so the, so the way the human brain develops, all human brains, this is not gifted in the first seven years of life, it's trying to determine what are the basic operating principles for this thing called life. And it's based on interpreting whatever the experiences are and looking for patterns and whatnot. And so whatever our experiences are, um, good, bad, indifferent in those first seven years and how our brain interprets them, it then puts into place these kind of behavioral directives, these childhood directives around behavior for staying safe. Uh, which includes being included as well as physical safety um, and, you know, ideally for thriving. But the brain isn't actually organized around an evolutionary imperative to feel good or to thrive. It's around the old evolutionary imperative, which is to survive. Mm-hmm. And we're, that's really the, one of the key shifts that we want to make in our own experience is to kind of shift away from that. And when we can unpack and unplug those childhood directives and then the enormous shifts can then occur for people. And that is work that we do in the program and, wow. and, and that I do one-on-one with people. And how, it's really, really beautiful to see what yeah. happens for people when they really can blossom and things just take off. And I, I do tend to work more with um, professional creatives and entrepreneurs, but also with folks who are who are in various kinds of corporate environments as well, and it just it's a it's a it's a lifesaver. It sounds like it. It's very powerful stuff that you're uh, helping people with. 
tell the audience how they can get in touch with you and be you know be part of all yeah. this wonderful stuff you're doing um because we have just enough time for that and then some final okay. words and then we're gonna we'll come back we're gonna hone in on this i think we need to do a whole show on it so well, i'm gonna have you back because yeah. that okay. went really fast and we're down to I our know. last minute so <laughs> so how can people well, best, find you the best, way, the best way to find me is just at, at my website melaniegillespie.com um and there's materials there and kind of how to connect feel there free is. to email me if you want directly at melanie at melaniegillespie.com and you know both myself and my team see my emails and that's a way i'm on the socials having fun time on facebook and on instagram at melanie gillespie mystic and you can just find me i'm very approachable very easy to access and uh and i love connecting with people and you know answering questions i do uh my team and i do offer free kind of clarity calls to assess where someone's at and give them useful Same. thoughts about what they need um and there's some sort of guidelines around that that people could read and sort of decide if it's a good fit for them uh to to take one of those spots as it they see fit and this fantasy series that you have for young adults, is that something that's in development or where is it is? It's real. It's 99% ready. Uh, it's so close to being ready. I'm so excited. Um, it's a it's a really beautiful, fun fantasy series. It's kind of like think a mixture of Harry Potter, Wrinkle in Time. Oh, and my God. Lord of the Rings. It's a huge audience. They're huge. That's huge. So oh, I love so that fun. you're doing so that. Fun. Yeah. Wow. We're have such a great time with it. Yeah. Oh, really that's big. It. All right, yeah. final words. We're on our last 30 seconds. Final words of anything you want to say to the audience. You know, because of the nature of what you do, what I want to tell people is to remember and realize that your body is a story and it is a community. It is many stories and it is a community, a collective of many different organisms and many different stories. And what story about your body are you supporting and what story and relationship do you want to have with your body so that it can trust you again, I think is one of the most important things that people can do. And I hope that that resonates for some folks Good and shifts question. people's perspective. Good question for everybody to ask them, themselves. That's a good one. Yeah. Melanie, thank you so much for coming in last second. My this pleasure. was a beautiful show. I'm so glad that we met. Let's keep in touch if we can. And um, thank you. And for my audience, I want to tell you that you must have comments, questions, anything. Go to my Facebook page. Let's keep the conversation going. Or you can go to my Instagram and make a comment and uh, talk there as well. And while you're at it, go to my YouTube channel and just give it a little check to subscribe. And I want to thank everybody for joining us today. Melanie, especially to you, my listeners, remember to keep going out and having those conversations that connect to a healthier you. All right, everybody. Bye. See you in two weeks. Two weeks. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.